We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. I don't know if you remember the 1990s when John Wimber came to Christchurch, who was kind of around. Anyone? No, okay, I'm, I was on, on my own. But John Wimber, who was a, a pretty big American um, teacher, uh, healer at the time, came out to Christchurch and very powerful meetings. I, I, I witnessed God doing some incredibly powerful things in that meeting. And, um, and I remember one time he goes, we're up on this balcony at Majestic, and, um, and he said, oh, God is just moving up here. And then everyone, almost everyone around me kind of hit the ground and was impacted. And I'm like going, yeah. Hi! <laughs> What's wrong with me? Like, what happened there? You know. So, so here was I. I was thinking, man, I've confessed all my sin. I'm open. I'm here. God, impact me. And nope. <laughs> like, like I. And and if you've got questions about how that all works, join the club. Okay. Um, I'm with you on that one. I don't know how. Um, I, I understand how we read our Bibles and we understand more of God, but this experience stuff, how sometimes it just, God just shows up big time and grabs you, and other times you're really seeking Him and it just doesn't, you just seem hard to connect. It just happens. I, it, it's, it's, it's just a bit weird. But I do know this that God is constantly seeking to connect with those who are willing to respond in faith to him. In 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So God's actually looking down on us going, okay, where do I see faith? Where do I see people that are seeking me? And so I am utterly convinced, not only in my experience, but watching the experience of others, seeing what God has revealed in Scripture, that God wants us to experience Him. He wants us to relate to Him in a way that is real and tangible and life-changing for us, whatever that looks like for you. I just don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen, okay? That's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of God's bit and what He'll do for you. But Here's the thing, there are ways that we can position ourselves that help us move into a place where it is more likely we are going to go a little bit deeper with God. And let me just be clear on a couple of things that as we go on this journey over the next couple of weeks. First of all, there is no formulas here. Okay, let, let's just be really clear on this. If it was that simple, if you were to go, okay, if I do this, then I'll experience God's love in a really powerful way. Or if I do this, I'll get a revelation of his holiness. It's just not like that. It's just that it's, God doesn't kind of fit into our box and go with formulas. Also, whether we experience God or not, or have these kind of dramatic experiences of God, doesn't change the fact that he is God. And we put our trust in him because of who he is, not whether we have a dramatic experience of him or not. Does that make sense? Um, so whether I actually have another or lots more dramatic experiences of God in my life shouldn't change the fact that I trust God. 
Does, does that make sense? Because I trust God for who he is, not because of whether I experience him or not. But in saying that, I'm believing that God does want me to experience more of him. Because as I experience him, as I come into a deeper relationship with him, I know those experiences change me for the better. So I'm going, well, I want to be changed for the better. And if God, if that's the way you want to use it, then let's go. Let's, let's, let's deepen that relationship. So in John chapter 15 is where we're, where we're heading. But let me just give you a bit of context first. Um, in chapters 14 through 16 of the Gospel of John, Jesus is preparing his disciples for when he's not there. He's going, okay, I know you've related closely to me over the last few years and you've come to know me as God because that's who I am. I'm going to, as we've heard about this morning, go to the cross, I'm going to die, and then rise again, and then go to be with my Father in heaven. And the disciples are thinking, well, this is the end of the relationship. This is it. Like, okay, Jesus goes, so there's no more relationship. And Jesus reassures them and goes, no, 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 this isn't the end of the relationship. The relationship continues because of the presence of my Holy Spirit in your lives. And then in the kind of the, I wouldn't say the climax, but the the central point in this passage is in John chapter 15, the first few verses there. And in verse 5 it says this, Jesus says of himself, I am the vine. You are the branches. Like a grapevine probably would have been the, the image. This is in the, in the Middle East where they were very familiar with grapevines. So you've got the main stem of the, the vine, but then these branches that grow out every year. He who abides, I love, I'm using the, um, the King, this is actually the King James, not the NIV, but this is all right. Uh, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Or your version may have remain in me. But the, the idea, the word that's used there is stay at home with you. Do you like that image? You know, like, who do you, who do you stay at home with? In other words, who do you hang out with? Where, where do you spend most of your time just being in the presence of this other person who you're in relationship with. And this is the idea that Jesus is, is giving to his disciples. He's saying, look, abide, continue to abide with me. Be at home with me. I will deepen this relationship with you. And that's are thinking, but hang on a minute, you're going away. So how does this work? How do we do that? And Jesus gives this instruction in Matthew chapter 6 about prayer. Because ultimately prayer is where we talk with God. It's where we connect with God. It's where we commune with him. Matthew 6, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Although you probably wouldn't do that these days. But anyway, that's what they did in those days. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room Close the door and pray to your Father who is in heaven. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. 
And then Jesus goes on to pray the Lord's Prayer. And in your, in your notes, your uh, devotional notes this week, we kind of walked through the Lord's Prayer and what that means. But let's just spend some time looking at this passage. What Jesus is really clear on here is that connecting with God isn't about the demonstrative religious acts that we do. Now that's okay. That's okay to come to church and raise our hands and, and all of that sort of thing, go along to a Franklin Graham concert and get into the music and dance about and all that. So that's great. But those aren't the times that you're going to develop a close relationship with God. Where the real work's done is in your bedroom or wherever you spend that heartfelt, personal time with God. That's the bit that matters. What we do in the private place, we journey with into our public space. My relationship with God isn't built by standing here preaching to you guys on a Sunday morning. It's built in my room, in my closet, so to speak, where where I pray, where I spend time with God. It's in that private space. Jesus says, in that private space, that's where you deepen your relationship with me. That's where you abide with me. That's where we spend some time together, where you're positioning yourself to experience God. Now, again, let me just remind you, it's not a formula. It's not, okay, if you pray, then you get to experience God. Well, no, it's not quite that as, as simple as that. Oh, if, you, if you're really heartfelt and meaningful in your prayers, is that when you connect with God? Well, yes, kind of. It's, think about it like this. If you spend time with a friend, if you regularly go out for coffee or whatever, um, and, and you spend time with your mates, are you going to deepen your relationship with them? Well, probably, it's more likely that you're going to be because you're spending time together and you're probably going to open up your lives and share life and thoughts and ideas and all that sort of thing and get to know each other. But it's not a guarantee. It all depends on your attitude and your heart and your openness in that moment. But as you give each other time, it's more likely that the relationship deepens. And so the first thing that Jesus is pointing out here is that if you want to develop that, that knowledge of God in a deeper way, if, we want, if you want to take everything that we've been looking at over the last few weeks and go deeper into, well, what does this look like? Here's the deal. Spend time with God. A very precious resource, isn't it, that we, that we have these days because we fill up our time with all other sorts of things. But... This is what it takes. This is what it takes to position ourselves appropriately before God. Abiding with Christ simply means giving him your time, and as we'll look at a little bit later, our attention. And if we're not praying, it simply shows that we just don't want to connect with God. We don't want to meet with him. We, we may kind of say we do, but unless we're actually putting that into real action of spending some time together, it, it actually doesn't mean much. Um, my, my wife and I have, as you would understand, pretty busy lives. My wife has a very demanding job where she works kind of 50 plus hours a week and I have much the same. And so we have to be very purposeful about connecting and spending time together. And fortunately, with our children getting a bit older, that uh, does make life a little bit easier. We can go, ah, right, we've got a free night. Let's go out for coffee. Let's, let's connect with each other. 
And it's about spending, making that intentional time to connect. And God is the same in the same way as going, I want to connect with you. Will you give me your time? Will you set aside that time and go and, and, and meet with me? And my suggestion in this is, and you've, you've heard me say this before, but let me uh, just reiterate it again because it, it is so powerful, is to actually block out a time that's a little bit uncomfortable for you. Like, let's say you go, yeah, I, I agree that spending time with God is uh, important, and so you pull out your word for today, or you pull out the Bible, and, and while you're having breakfast, you read a scripture, and then you kind of um, finish your coffee, and then go, uh, oh, yeah, okay, God, I commit my day to you, and is there anything else I've got to think about? Oh, yeah, bless me, bless the kids. Yeah, I think that's about it, and that's it. Now, I'm not saying that's bad. That's, that's, a, that's a great start. But what if you took another 10 minutes to just go, God, I'm here, and I'm just going to wait on you for anything you want to speak into my life. Now, when you start doing this, let me give you a warning of what will happen. Your mind is going to get filled up instantly about all the things that you need to do in that day, right? And you're going to be thinking, this is a real waste of time, me just sitting here doing nothing for 10 minutes, considering all the things that I'm supposed to be doing. Or your mind will race to all the planning and all that thinking. And it will feel a little bit uncomfortable, okay? And, but here's the thing. Everything feels uncomfortable when it's new for the first time. But I, I just have to sort of go, just trust me on this one. Give it a go. How about just extending the time, whatever time that you normally have with God, how about just extending it a little bit more than you have previously? And just letting you be in that uncomfortable space of going, okay, I'm just going to be here for God. And you can direct some prayers to God and things like that, but mostly it's just about being in his presence. A.W. Tozer, in his book, The Pursuit of God, says this, the instant cure of most of our religious ills would be to enter God's presence in spiritual experience, to become suddenly aware that we are in God and that God is in us. Do you take enough time with God to be aware of his presence? That's the key. It's not about, spending time with God isn't about, okay, well, here's my shopping list. God, I want this, 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 and this, and this. And oh, thank you for that and that and that and that. And hey, are we good? Yeah, we're good. Okay, cool. That's not what God is looking for. He's looking for abiding with you, hanging out with you, spending time with him in his presence, being aware that he is there, being aware with those thoughts that he is bringing to your mind and pondering on those thoughts and thinking, well, God, is that you speaking to me? And if it is, what am I going to do with that? Because here's the thing, when you become aware of God's presence and God's word in that private space, you'll become more active and aware of God's word and God directing you in the public space. 
If you're wondering, oh, how come God doesn't guide me and lead me as I connect with others and do what I, I can for him out in the world, it's because you haven't be developed that awareness in private. If you develop that awareness in that private space and you go, oh, yeah, that's God, that, that thought, that's God speaking to me, that, that presence that I feel at the moment, that's God's presence on me. And when you're going through your day and you're going, God, where is your presence here? What are you saying here? You'll be amazed at what God shows you. Suddenly the whole world opens up. Does, do, does that make sense? But it, it's about that commitment to go, God, I'm going to be here in your presence. I'm going to allow myself to be a little bit uncomfortable in this silent place or in this quiet space where I'm listening to you. And then in that time, in that space, in that positioning in our, ourselves before God, we become aware of his presence. Another thing that we see in this um, scripture in Matthew 6 where Jesus gives these very simple instructions is it is implied in this passage that we are focused on God. Why he says, like, go into your room. Like, he's not saying, like, don't, don't do this when everyone else is around Set aside this time where you're in a quiet space. And that could be walking in the forest, that could be um, in, your, in your room, but whatever works for you, but it might be in your car. Like that's, that could be the, your, your, kind of your, your alone space where you can connect with God. But whatever works for you, let, let it be as distraction-free as possible. And uh, Logan would be telling me off now, saying, well, if you're in your car, you should be focused on your driving. But anyway, <laughs> the, the, the point is that it's about positioning ourselves, giving God time, being aware of his presence, and then being focused on him and allowing our focus to stay on him. And in that space, do whatever works for you. Personally, I like worship music going on in the background. I... I I'm very familiar with the songs that we sing in church because they're the songs that I have in the background when I'm praying. And it just helps me kind of go, oh, yeah, you are the king of kings and, you know, a thousand hallelujahs and all, all those sort of songs that we sing. I just have that as background music in, either in my headphones if I'm walking or um, just in the background if I'm in the lounge or whatever. But it just helps me focus. Now, that may work for you, but I talk to others and go, oh, no, I find that way too distracting. Well, that's okay. Other people find journaling where they, they just have a notebook and they're writing down thoughts that they're getting and then they can ponder on it and go, why well, is that God speaking to me? Other people do a short reading and then just allow God to uh, speak to them through that reading. It, it actually doesn't matter what you do. What matters is Allowing those disciplines to help you stay focused on who he is. Because it's as we stay focused on who he is that we become more aware of who he is. So give it a go. Like, and, and don't see these things as, as the goal. Like, Don't see, oh, well, I've read my Bible, I've, I've done the prayers that I, that I should pray, well, I've done my bit, I'm, I've related to God. No, you've, you've just done things that are helping you position yourself to relate to God. Do you see the difference? It's like um, if, if I take my wife out on a, on a date night and I go, well, here I've taken her to a restaurant, I've paid for the dinner, well, there we go, that's it, I've done it. You, know, you go, 
Well, that's kind of not the point. The point isn't the food. The point isn't the atmosphere, the, the candles or the flowers or whatever. And Jania's going, yeah, break it on. Like, <laughs> so you preach it, come on. Um, but the, the, the atmosphere isn't the point. The point is the relationship. And God is reaching out to all of us today going, I want to know you more. Let's spend some focused time together. Let's spend some time abiding. Let's spend some time in your room where we're connecting together. And as we look at the life of Jesus, we see that he needed to do this. If Jesus needed to withdraw from the crowds and withdraw from the disciples and spend that focused time with his Father, connecting with his Father, if he needed to do that, then we need to do it all the more, right? That's how we're going to come to know God. And this passage really intrigues me as well. John chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus says this, Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because what the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he does. So what we see here is that in this quiet space, there's a revelation from God as to what he wants us to do. We actually see what God is doing. And a powerful thing we can do as we pray is to go, God, what are you doing around me at the moment? And just spend some time waiting and listening as to what God reveals to you. And as he reveals stuff, go, Oh, okay, that's what you're doing. Okay, how can I partner with you in doing what you're doing? Because here's, here's the mistake I think many mature Christians make, is that we have these dramatic experiences of God where God's working in us early in our Christian walk, like Bev described earlier or like I described earlier. And we, we refer to these years ago where, oh, God showed up and did something dramatic in my life as a young person. And then we get a bit older and we're looking for the same experiences and God's going, it's not just what I'm doing in you now, it's what I'm doing through you. It's actually partnering with what God is doing and you, you see what God is doing around you. It's, it's going to things like Franklin Graham and leading someone to Christ and going, this is really cool. God is using me and I can see he... He, um, the experience that I'm having of God at the moment is God working through me, just not what God is doing in me. Does that kind of make sense? Recently, I've um, had the opportunity of connecting with a number of pastors from a, around the country from all sorts of backgrounds. Um, I get to and connect with um, Catholic priests and Anglican vicars and Pentecostal uh, ministers and all sorts of from all over the country. And as I'm talking with them and encouraging them and, and praying them with them, I, I see God just powerfully impacting some of their lives. And mostly this is over Zoom, so I'm kind of looking at the computer going, God, what are you doing right here? You know? and, but it's just a, a new opportunity that's opened up for me that's an, been an incredible blessing for me to just see that, that God is using me in different ways. And it, it's just come about from just seeking God and going, God, what are you doing around me at the moment and how do you want to use me? 
Is that a space that you're in? Are you, are you in a space in your life where you're constantly seeking God, not just what, what you have done in the past, but what have you got for me in the future? Is there something new that you're opening up for me that you want me to step into? And maybe as you step into that, you actually come to deepen your relationship with him and deeper your knowledge and experience of God. So in this series, we've spent a lot of time focusing on who God is, that he's holy, that he's unchanging, that he's loving, that he's just. And all those things are true. And you could have a mental assent to those things and go, yep, I agree with that, that that's all good. But receiving that as a revelation in your heart, as an experience in your life, takes some time where you actually give God your focused attention and go, God, now take this and change me. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.